Greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here, live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. One more day here in Missouri before I head back home to Iowa. I am Steve Dace, Todd and Aaron. That is where they currently reside. We are hoping at some point we'll be connected with Jordan Schachtel for the Dace Group. He's joining us, but uh, he's stuck in traffic and running a bit behind. Uh, After the Dace Group today, we'll have Feedback Friday coming up on the next hour of the show. We've got some doozies uh, to respond to this week, so we always look forward to that. Also want to remind you, uh, my next book is coming out March 5th. It's the second in my trilogy of uh, children's books on America's Christian heritage. This one titled, Why Easter? Jesus Died for Us So We Can Live Forever. And pre-sales began on Ash Wednesday. You guys have been absolutely crushing it so far. So thank you very much. If you want to get your copy today, you can pre-order it at Amazon.com right now. That way it ships out for you as soon as it's released on March 5th to make sure it gets there for you uh, by Easter on March the 31st this year. Also, if you want a limited edition run of autographed copies of Why Easter, those are available as well at PremierCollectibles.com slash why easter that's premier collectibles.com slash why easter and thanks again to you guys um just honored as always i think you'll love the book uh the book does its best to honor the gospel and and tie it into its vital role in inspiring the founding of this country so your kids both know uh the gospel which is the most important truth in the cosmos but then also understands how that inspired the country that they're being handed and therefore the responsibility that they're going to inherit when it's their turn uh to to manage that uh, legacy as well so thank you to all of you that have purchased your copies thus far also i don't know if you guys saw there's an article i want to point you to over at the blaze today by our friend and colleague daniel horowitz talking about the former health director of minnesota I'm going to be speaking in that state actually next month. And she admits that she received a heart condition as a result of taking the COVID jab, of taking the poison poke. She admits this. Now, having a health director admit this would be news enough. Except after she acknowledged this, she then went out and pimped the shots anyway. I mean, I just, um, Alexa, show me an example of groupthink. Ta-da. I mean, that's, that is, um, that's the demonic perversion of the New Testament's command to offer your body up as a living sacrifice. That's exactly what she has done to big pharma in the spirit of the age. Yes, they damaged me and in, in a serious way, but I recommend them for everybody else. Nevertheless. Folks, that's just one more example, and they compile nearly daily, why you want to talk to our friends over at Jace Medical. Get the Jace case. Make sure you just, you cannot trust these public health people. You just can't. So make sure when the next emergency emerges that you or someone you care about is prepared. The Jace case allows you to customize medications. Either you can get 
the standard, which has some of the most important antibiotics in the world, or you can customize it to your medications based on availability. You can uh, get one of these, gift one of these for a loved one as well. If you've got a parent uh, or a loved one uh, that's in uh, elderly care or um, any kind of long-term care, you want to make sure they have the meds they need. Jace Medical can help you with that as well. Yes, you can get ivermectin as part of of your Jace case, if you desire. JaceMedical.com is where you want to go. That's J-A-S-E, JaceMedical.com. Use the code DACE at checkout for JaceMedical.com. And if you use the code DACE at checkout, you'll get a discount at JaceMedical.com. And with that, it is time for the Dace Group. Your weekly look at the week that was, and there he is. Jordan made it. Good to see Jordan Schachtel, the fourth member of our panel. Let us begin, as we always do, with issue one. Bleep, Lord Nefarious says. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm in a little bit in shock. I, I just always thought of myself as Puerto Rican, you know, half Puerto Rican. <laughs> I didn't think I was... Uh, my family was originally from Spain and slaveholders. <laughs> yeah. They deserve a DA that won't have sex with his employees. Did you or did you not, by May the 30th, <clears throat> 2023, have had sexual relations with Miss Willis, yes or no? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. In a normal day, these are my shoes. But sometimes, hell, I like to look sexy. He's gonna burst a blood vessel because I dissed his wife. Did you see that? He was insane. Ew, why the f did you just kick my camera? No, I didn't have it under your phone. You know, when buying snacks for the game, you might have noticed one thing. Sports drinks bottles are smaller. The bag of chips has fewer chips, but they're still charging it just as much. And as an ice cream lover, what makes me the most angry is that ice cream cartons have actually shrunk in size, but not in price. Biden has gaff, gaff names his entire career, his entire career. It is not uncommon that he's done that. I think it's fine for you to be like, I am a pro-lifer, which means I will not abolish abortion in Oklahoma. That's not, I'm not trying to get you on that. Okay. I was just like, I don't, I don't know you, so I don't know what yeah, you're trying to do. Because some pro-lifers might be like, no, I think abortion's murder. I don't want people doing it. I do think I the role of the government. Well. I do. But, it, but do you think the, gov the role of the government should be to stop barbaric things? Um, that depends. It depends indeed. Let's get to our first question. Jordan is the guest. You get to go first. What was the most awful thing that Aaron just forced upon you and why? It's a tough list, but, you know, the most awfully amusing thing was how many cuts 
they had to do of the Biden shrinkflation or ordeal when he was talking about, you know, the fact that your double stuffed Oreos, you only get like uh, 25 instead of 30. They did it. It was a 30 second ad. And I counted, I think, 18 cuts when I rewatched wow. it yesterday. So it, it how, you know, it's so disturbing that the man is in such incredible cognitive decline <laughs> right now. And, and, you know, the corporate media just completely ignores it. Jordan, am, am I missing something or did the Biden White House put out a video admitting that everything costs more? I mean, isn't that essentially what I mean, aren't they? Can you make sense of that for me? They, they put out a video acknowledging, yeah, I mean, everything costs more right now. I don't I don't understand that marketing, that branding. Can you help me out with that? So, so I think that they were poll testing the, you know, hey, the economy's great. You know, don't don't observe with your lying <laughs> eyes what the price of goods are. So that's not working. So the prices are going up. So now they're kind of pivoting to the Venezuela model of the prices are going up because of these greedy bastards running the supermarkets. So <laughs> uh, we'll see how that works out. <laughs> all right. Good point. All right. Of course, what's funny is they're now going to land based a bunch of corporations that all donate to them. So, all right, fine. I mean, cool. Yes. Go for it. All right, Todd, what, you're up next. What do you think? I just want to connect the dots that you just all laid out there, but because you're all like right over the target. I mean, this, everything else other is set the Joe Biden thing aside. Every other clip, that's, that's a dystopia. That we we are fully dystopian now in terms of our reality. And then Joe Biden goes there and talks about chips and ice cream. <laughs> yeah, the the price is going up on a lot of things. A lot of things. And he's 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 worried about the junk food because that's all we get these days. It's the junk food. But then, as you guys just talked about he lambasts the greedy corporations for doing this like we're going back in the way back machine 20 years right when right. in fact those greedy corporations have been part and parcel of his effort to terraform the culture with transgenderism and covid mandates they were dutiful little yep. stooges see yeah it's just amazing the 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 guy that we was rightly diagnosed by Jordan as just a, a damn vegetable is on there just playing everybody for fools. It's it's truly I mean, honestly, the idiocracy movie, it's not it didn't go far enough. Uh, it's like it's dated now. You'd watch it now I'd like, man, I've danced with the devil now. That's just that's nothing. Joe Biden. We're getting played by Joe Biden. We deserve what we get. I may have to test your hypothesis this weekend. I, I have never been able to watch Idiocracy without nearly wetting myself, ever. I mean, I, I think it is quite possibly the funniest film ever made. I have and, a question. Did yes, Joe sir. Biden get his dementia from Costco? <laughs> it has electrolytes. Yes. Uh, got my law degree from Costco. From Costco? Yeah, I know. Thankfully, my dad's an alum, so he pulled some strings. I mean, that's just that movie. I may have to test that theory 
now I haven't watched it in about four or five years. And so what would my reaction be to watching it now, given what the last four and five years have been like? I may have to I may have to put Todd to the Folgers test on that one. Aaron, what say you about uh, your own montage? You know what? Let's just go to the Fannie Willis, Nathan Wade drama yesterday. I don't know if you had time to keep track of this. I did. And and this is normally the low-lying fruit our industry feasts on. But every now and then, the low-lying fruit is is succulent enough, and you must (laughs) eat of it. And this is one of those times, by by my goodness, yes. Clearly, she did not go to the Anthony Fauci, I don't remember, school of depositions and testimony. All she had to say is, I don't remember. I don't recall. I don't know. No, it was like, damn right, I ordered the code red. I know. And so did he. He just threw her under the bus. Uh, Let's back up even further than that, though. Sonny Hostin, learning for the first time. Puerto Rican. Learning for the first time that she's a descendant of slave owners. Oh, low lying fruit again, but it is very sweet indeed. I got to tell you, that's why I actually enjoyed much of this montage. For the first time in uh, many a moon. I, I thought there were several moments there that I was, you know, I personally found enjoyable to uplift, uplifting. And that that is uh, that's number one on the list for sure. Let, let's get to the exit question on a scale of one to ten, uh, with one being how biblical that he gets us campaign turned out to be and ten being how much this country needs. A, he saves us campaign rank this week's level of total depravity. Jordan. It's an, it's a hard question. I don't think I can answer it because I'm Jewish and it would like it would be like sacrilege to give it a one, a ten. I don't I don't know. So I'm just gonna punt this one. <laughs> Todd, what about you? Ten. Aaron? I'm at like a seven and a half. See, I'm like at a four, five. There were a couple moments in there I genuinely enjoyed. And it would and one of them the you know, the which Aaron highlighted just a moment ago. I mean, I got to tell you, given and maybe it's a statement about where we are overall. But kind of given where we are overall, there were some things in there that made me smile. As a matter of fact, that that's how that's how low my standards now have have that's how much I've been worked to the to the to the rub uh is even something that Todd you described as dystopian. There were parts that I was like, yeah, this could be a lot worse. It's got to be. You can dance to it. Yeah. Well, there was a. There was at least something there. Yeah. There was at least something there that to cling to. Indeed. All right. Before we get to issue two, a reminder about our friends at Real Estate Agents I Trust. It has been the worst housing market in America since 2008. But a lot of people are forecasting that eventually, um, there's just so much inventory, people need to get rid of it. They got to move. Um, even with uh, mortgage payments, are over a hundred percent more expensive now. Uh, if you finance compared to if you finance the day Joe Biden took office. That's just one example. Just, guys, just a ton of uncertainty in the market right now. And so if you're one of those people and you're looking ahead and you're thinking, we've got to move this spring or summer, no matter what the market is like, it's never been more important than it is right now to make sure you've got an agent that you can trust to guide you through these unprecedented times. Bing, Todd, He's Bing. He's still got it. No, that was Aaron. Aaron jumped in. Uh, Aaron still has it. Okay, there it is. All right, so make sure you go there. Only the top sellers in your area get listed. A lot of times these agents are from right here in our Blaze audience, so they share a same a similar value system to you as well. Realestateagentsitrust.com is where you can go. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Make sure you go in with an agent you can trust at realestateagentsitrust.com.
All right, let's get to issue two. Do you agree with this? Nothing says America first like cavorting with the world's elite in Dubai, United Arab Emirates. Anyway, here's Tucker Carlson at the World Governments Forum this week. The most powerful country in the history of the world. So if you were to frame this in terms we're all familiar with, which are the most basic terms, the terms of the family, the United States would be dad, it would be the father. And the father's sacred obligation is to protect his family and to restore peace within his walls. So if I come home, I have four children, if I come home from work and two of my kids are fighting, what's the first thing I do? Even before I assess why they're fighting, before I gather the facts and know what's happening, I, I, stop, the fight. I stop fighting. Yes. So if I come home and I have two kids fighting and I say, go, go, beat the crap out of them. I am evil because I have violated the most basic duty of fatherhood, which is to bring peace because I have the power. I'm the only one who can bring peace. And so if you see a nation with awesome power abetting war for its own sake, you have a leadership that has no moral authority, that is illegitimate. And I mean that too. And, I, and I, not, I'm not even referring to any specific region or conflict. I mean generally. And I'm deeply offended by that, deeply. Um, and, and it's something that I try to express, and I'm often called a traitor for saying that. It's the opposite. I say that, I say that because I believe in the United States. I think it's a moral, it has been a morally superior country. And if we allow our leaders to use our power to spread destruction for its own sake, that is shameful. It's a binary, okay? It's a, it's a black and white. It's a zero and a one. You are either creating or you're destroying. You're improving or you're degrading. I am well aware that it's United Arab Emirates, not Saudi Arabia. I even caught that while I was recording and recorded a different version, and then I was so such in a hurry to get this whole thing edited. My bad. So thank you for acknowledging that, Aaron. What's fascinating about this is this clip emerged because it was framed by Arab News as Tucker talking specifically about Israel and Gaza or Israel and Hamas is a better way of putting it. And if, if you watch the longer clip there, as uh, Aaron allowed you to do, he's, he, he's talking more broadly, but he also doesn't say it's not about Israel and Hamas. He says, doesn't he say, hey, this is kind of your default setting, all right? And I, I, have, I have several issues with what he said on both sides of what he said. But let's start with our guest first, Jordan, because this is a topic that's right in your wheelhouse. Foreign policy, uh, Israel, um, uh, military policy. Do you agree with what Tucker Carlson laid out there? Yeah, um, it, it's there's a lot there. And first of all, you know, my, my first observation is what is Tucker Carlson doing at Klaus Schwab's One World Government Summit? that is hosted by the UAE. Um, so that that's the first question is like, why is he there? What's he doing there? Was he- I mean, have we, did we lose count of all the fentanyl coming over the border while he was there? Did they, I hope we were able to catch back up. Yes, but go ahead. Yes. It, it just seems to fundamentally go against his, you know, what he says is his ideological beliefs. Um, and it's just very confusing to me, you know, if you're gonna go to those type of Davos-like conventions, you know, you should do what Kevin Roberts of Heritage did and say, like, basically, this is why I'm here to say that you're all wrong. And he never really did that. Um, in fact, he was, you know, I have nothing against the UAE, but he was, you know, uh, thoroughly praising the the crown prince of the UAE, which was just kind of weird. And, you know, it goes to this theme of, uh, you know, first it was Putin, now it's MBZ. But, but I'll, I'll put that aside for a second. I think that, you know, 
it's interesting. You know, you heard the Tucker of the Fox News um, Times, and he was, you know, inquisitive, asking the right questions. And in that dialogue, he just sounded very angry to me, like he had a chip on his shoulder about something. Um, and specifically dealing with his um, his monologue, his critique there, you know, just as it's not the U.S.'s role to play world police and you know, so conflict. It's also not the U.S.'s role to tell other countries what to do with their own sovereignty. So my, you know, the way I kind of interpret that is Tucker wants the U.S. government to put pressure on Israel to stop um, fighting for its people and its people's sovereignty. And, you know, this the, the moral equivalency there between like like it's two brothers, like it's not two brothers. It's a modern, you know, liberal in the small L sense, democratic country that's fighting against an Islamic terrorist jihadist savages <clears throat> that just kidnapped um, hundreds of their citizens. So, you know, it, it's just very bizarre to me that like, you know, whenever it comes to these specific issues, uh, I think that, you know, I don't want to play like amateur psychologist, <laughs> but it seems that he's like actually genuinely angry. And, you know, you didn't really see this Tucker on, on Fox. And it's it just it's just strange to me. And it, it goes to this common theme of kind of total hypocrisy. Like, you know, he's criticizing um, very prevalent media figures like Ben Shapiro for not being America first enough. And then he's been on this like international Then he says tour. we're the daddy of the world. Then yeah. he says we're the daddy of the world. See, that's where I want to yeah. go. Okay. I want to look at the worldview communicated here. That is a neocon worldview. Yeah. Remove the name. Just forget the name and the branding. All right, you know who believes we're the daddy of the world and so we have a responsibility to basically interject ourselves as intergalactic referee? That's what that's the neocon belief. That we're the daddy of the world. We're not the daddy of the world. There is nothing America first. And I know we endorsed your dude. I get all that. Get, you know, are, this is where are you America first as a belief or is it just a brand? OK, because as a belief, that's not what he articulated there. We're not the daddy of the world. That is the George W. Bush said things like that. Dick mm. Cheney thinks things like that. That is a neocon view. Number one. Number two. Um, yes, you are either creating or destroying, but the creator sometimes creates by destroying. The nation of Israel exists because the creator used them to destroy the other nations that were already in that land in order to create a new nation. He took a, a, a tribe of nomad, Semitic nomads and he used them as, a, as an army of his justice and wrath against pagan nations that inhabited that land of Canaan. They erased them. He they used them to destroy them so he could create a new nation through them. It's, that's actually now a pacifist view that we're either we're, e we're either fighting or we're not. And fighting is inherently bad. I, that there's no cogent worldview there. None. I mean, he's literally all over the place. I mean, he, he's our he's, there's a booyah base of beliefs and worldviews. And because he's become the biggest name in our in our in alternative media, you're not permitted to question him and no one will be on to question him. All right. He now he's he has put himself. This is what bothers me. And I'm just going to say it. He has put himself in the judgment seat and he's not qualified and nobody is. I go back to what Jordan said. 
Give me the inquisitive Tucker that asked the right questions and was fine with where the answers went. This is a different one. This is a Tucker who thinks that he's here now, actually. He's, he, this is an Obama-level instinct. He's the, he's the truth teller we've been waiting for. He's the savior we've been waiting for. And he goes on this merry tour all over the world, and he's here. He's, he's a mosaic level of deliverer to give us an enlightenment we previously lacked. There is no worldview there. One-on-one on, one on a stage with him, if he articulated that, I'd destroy it in five minutes. Because I don't know, there's not a belief system there. There's not. It's literally all over the place. It's a hodgepodge of emotional reactions. And it does seem interesting to me of all people to sit next to, to say, to draw this distinction, you do it while you're there next to one of the most uh, renowned Arab leaders in the world at a time that perhaps our most strategic enemy is trying to, to defend and avenge the worst attack any nation has suffered in this world since 9-11. I mean, I, 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 there's just, to me, there's nothing there. There's no wisdom there. There's a lot of flowery words. It's just all, pardon my French, I'm going to make an exception here. Total bullshit. Everything is just hurt. That's what it is. There's nothing there. There's nothing intellectually consistent there at all, period. Nothing. And just to further that point as well, let's grant his point that the United States is the daddy of the world. OK, let's just grant that. That is a ironically, he's an anti neocon. But as you mentioned there, that's a very neocon position. Well, if we are the daddy of the world, if you are a father who has both a son and a daughter and your son raped your daughter on October 7th, what would you do to your son exactly. that night? Exactly. Sorry, son, I'm screwed up. You're, you don't exist anymore. That, that's what you would. There's nothing coherent there. And this has everything to do. I'll kind of tease this a little bit with my prediction at the end of this segment. I, I don't know what's going on in that mind. I, I don't know. He's smarter than this. We know he is. But there's there's literally I mean, he's contradicting himself by the syllable, seemingly. I, I don't know what's happened. Uh I was going to hit on the same two themes as you, Steve, but in reverse. I totally agree with you on uh, destruction versus creation. I was going to use the same Israel example about creating by destroying and it being just to do so. Uh, I Absolutely with all that. On Tucker, though, I, I just have a different take. I think he's got his own like personal... Matthew 28 going on, go forth to all the world. He talks to a lot of weird, different people outside the box um, because I think the man just with Fox, he did all the things. He was our par excellence. And then he got uh, fired. And he, I think he also seems, based on the way the current game is rigged, it, it, it's destined to fail. So I'm just kind of going to go out there and walk the earth. And yes, that's going to lead to some kind of level of incoherence. I'm not as bothered by it, quite frankly, uh, as as you guys are. I, which is not to say it isn't incoherent at times, but I think, listen, what's what what, what I, him and Shapiro, uh, the the specifics around this issue might be unfair, but in terms of damage done, I think Shapiro, what he did or did not do during COVID, was far more damaging to all of us than anything Tucker's done. On this front, I just think he's given up on this entire game. And quite frankly, many of us should give up on it in a lot of ways, uh, too. We can't. Todd, all... what he's advocating is the game. Hmm? He said the oh, U.S. No. is the daddy of the world, Todd. That's the game. I, I Did you listen to me? 
I said on this particular issue, it is co- incoherent. I actually just got done saying more broadly. He's talking to the uh, the weirdo macho dude. I can't even remember Tate. Tate. That you know, there's all co- he's the just human like trafficker. he's like it's gonna it is gonna take us to some weird places. We're not gonna like it. We're gonna disagree. But let's face it, guys. The way we've all been doing things hasn't worked either. I don't give a crap about an internecine feud between two multi-multi-millionaires named Ben Shapiro and Tucker Carlson. I, I don't care. I don't give a turd and a punch bowl about that. What, what I do care is that what this guy is advocating and rebranding, by the way, is completely anathema to it's not he's not he's not going the other direction. He's actually furthering their agenda. That's what he's speaking there. He's using their talking points. The Arab news turned right around and used that mm. and cl- use that clip to justify call, you know, that, uh, you know, the, the, a ceasefire in Gaza. I, this, I don't think it's incoherent. Actually. I think it's counterproductive. I, 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 I think it's counterproductive. That's why Our I'm whole upset movement, about it. Steve is counterproductive. That's the thing. I can't give him any extra everything we're doing is not gaining ground do we not do we not talk about those things on a regular basis here on the show of course we do but I, okay well this time we're talking about tucker carlson being counterproductive before i've talked about ben shapiro being counterproductive i don't give a sh- i'll talk about any being being counterproductive i don't care but in this case i think we have turned he's the biggest name in in alternative media maybe in the world maybe in the world and so I do think it is very relevant, just like I thought it was very relevant with maybe the biggest name I'm at the time conservative media was pimping the jab. It's absolutely okay, relevant. I'm not saying it's irrelevant. I just I don't think turning him into the white whale on this is ultimately the way to go. I think he has decided to turn himself into the white whale. He has anointed himself the deliverer of truth, and that brings with it responsibility. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. Before we get back to the day scoop, a reminder about our friends at Relief Factor. If you're struggling with chronic pain in your body, and this often manifests as uh, soreness, stiffness, uh, and 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 you've tried drugs, and and maybe they mask the pain for a while, but they don't ever deal with the inflammation causing it, so the pain comes back. You know, a group of doctors got together one day, and and they wanted to create a supplement that would actually attack the inflammation. So these are physicians. They can prescribe drugs too, but they were like, hey, what if we could come up with something that's drug-free that would go after the inflammation causing the pain? Because sometimes these drugs have side effects that can make you drowsy, for example. Uh, That's where Relief Factor was created. That's kind of its origin story. Over a million people over the years have tried the three-week quick start for just 20 bucks. And you know what? About 70% of them saw such great results, they stuck around long-term with the product. Why not see if you don't see a difference in your pain level in three weeks or less by trying the three-week quick start at relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Once again, just 20 bucks. What do you got to lose for 20 bucks, except maybe the pain at relieffactor.com. All right, let's welcome back in Jordan Schachtel as we continue on with our weekly look at the week that was. Let's get to issue three. Is this juice worth the squeeze? Taylor Swift is an American pop culture icon, but is she a threat? Candace Owens at The Daily Wire makes the case for the latter. Obviously, if you've seen what she's even done in business and how she 
tries to manipulate her audiences like to get out of like deals and contracts like she's totally insane yeah. like she's mm -hmm. the most toxic feminist that's ever existed and at, what she does is basically the threat is that if she doesn't get what she wants she writes a song about a guy and then has 15 million girls singing the songs and drops little clues so they know who it's about i mean it's totally psychotic if you but, really think about wait, it was, i don't think you appreciate how psychotic that is that you can't date her for two weeks <laughs> without her writing a song about you i mean what she did to john may john mayer as john well mayer, he was yeah. like I literally did nothing to her. Like we went on one date, and yeah. I didn't deserve this. You're ruining. And then this there's crime. a bunch of like <laughs> ten-year-old girls whose brains are not developed, who then go and attack whoever it is. Like Scooter Braun's family, his young kids, literally had to go into hiding and get security because Taylor Swift wanted out of the deal that he legally purchased her catalog of music. Yeah. And she wrote this. You have to go find it on Tumblr. This like glorious rephrasing of basically like my dad signed a contract, a legal con legally binding contract for me when I was 15. He now has the catalog because he purchased it. And she was just like, you know, as a woman, I sat on the floor and I wrote these songs. And then they tried to kill Scooter Braun's family. And he did nothing wrong <laughs> other than purchase her catalog. You know, you and know, he only I, had it for like six months before he let somebody else purchase it. But like she hated Scooter Braun. Yeah, so this is a room full of Swifties you're talking about. No, guys, yeah, I'm sorry. Like I just, yeah. I just like, yeah. obviously now, she's now, not getting married. And I, Travis Kelsey. I was going to wear my well, I'm a Kelsey. Kelsey. Science. Yeah, Travis Kelsey has exclusively only dated black girls. He had a whole show only dating black yeah. girls. This is not even his type. He just realized that this is like a good business move for him. And it is. It's a genius business move oh, for him. I don't know who Scooter Braun is. Never heard the name in my life. I've heard the name John Mayer. I He's a pick him out of a I, I, Okay, I couldn't pick him out of the pol a police lineup. Um, great, great musician. He's a legend. Is he? Okay. Um, that being said, and I know Todd. Thank, thankfully, I'm not in the studio. You might want to fire me after the last, or shoot, not oh. shoot me after the last segment, but certainly now <laughs> for choosing this topic, right? And I probably deserve it. Here, here's why I'm resurrecting this again. All right. And I had no idea that Travis Kelsey only dated black girls. I, I didn't know. She informed me about a lot of things I didn't know. But um, here's why. There's an effort clearly on the right to keep resurrecting this topic, to keep resurrecting um, Taylor Swift as some form of platform to respond to. And and I'm trying to figure out why. All right. So this isn't about her. This is about us. It may be. I mean, I remember when Dan when Dan Quayle took on Murphy Brown, you know, Jordan and Aaron are probably too young to remember that. Todd, you remember that, right? When Murphy Brown was the single mom and Dan yeah. Quayle said, hey, those aren't family values. We, kids want to be born to, you know, a, you know, to a mom and a dad. You know, you're denying them that. That was 30 years ago. That was a massive controversy. Well, over 30 years ago, actually. And and so I, there are moments, you know, when Trump went after Colin Kaepernick, that was clearly a moment where what was happening in the pop culture zeitgeist was worth it for us to address politically and use as a means by which um, to brand and defeat the other side, all right? So there's clearly those kinds of moments. and the, But this one is getting resurrected. We're on like week four now of major righty blue checkmark angst where Taylor Swift is concerned. So my question is, is Taylor Swift enough of a cultural influence and is she vulnerable enough that it is worth it for the right to continue to wage a culture war against her? And if so, what would winning that conflict, what would it look like? Todd, I'll start with you. Go ahead. Well, I, I see it differently, and I've laid this out uh, before. Like, this is she, – listen, she, Candace is actually I, – I, if I had to buy or sell that, I would buy that. She – is that shallow? 
She is that dopey. She's not worth your teenage girl's uh, time uh, to the degree that uh, she is starting to brainwash them. They should stop listening to her music, all that. I've said the same thing about Travis uh, Kelsey. You know, the only question is which one is a bigger dope? And that's a pretty impressive uh, uh, race to the bottom. But listen, this is why the so-called right is getting frustrated is because it it's just lashing back it took this took over the so-called rights biggest idol football it came in on its territory it dominated and in do, so doing it's making people realize in ways that make them feel very uncomfortable that the stuff we care about on a regular basis as the right is pretty much just as shallow as taylor swift all the time <laughs> All the time. It really is. And so now they got to kill this because they don't like that look in the mirror. I mean, Taylor Swift, for, let's, how, how many seconds total, if you added it all up, was she on the screen? Not as much. Not, not really that much. But it's just an ugly look in the mirror for the so-called conservative America who really isn't very conservative at all. Because it's not just conservative to sit there and watch football rather than listen to Taylor Swift music if you're really not doing other things. If you're just saying I'm this, but not doing this, you're not really that. Aaron, is this a worthy front for our side in the culture war, do you think? First of all, I want to say, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but this is one of the more sane takes that Candace Owens has had in recent memory, and I agree with pretty much her, her entire thesis. However, it's not unique. This this type of behavior from celebs and incredibly wealthy people is not unique to Taylor Swift. So right. I'm not sure what the unique threat here is. I know she's said things that are, are left-wing in the past, but she's not doing that right now. Will she do that in the future as the election gets closer? Maybe she will. Maybe she, she won't. But guess who else is going to be saying those exact same things? Pretty much 99.9% of all celebrities are going to be saying the exact same thing. Where is the unique threat with Taylor Swift? I don't know. That's a key to phrase. The, to, the, uh, to the degree, and I'll repeat this, I've said this before, to the degree that this will have any influence on the election, I think that's overstated. But to, to the degree that it, that it might, it's all going one way, and that's against whatever it is that we are here, the, the not left, by alienating people that you already have lost and that you need to get back, suburban women and girls coming up into adulthood to the degree that this is has any impact, it's going to go against us. So I don't understand. I mean, Todd laid out a theory there. I think that's as, as plausible as any other. I don't mm-hmm. understand the infatuation here. I, I really don't. Jordan, you've got to be rethinking your life choices at this moment, right? <laughs> Before, Jordan, I, I think, Aaron, you uttered the, the right, a very important phrase, unique threat. When Dan Quayle went after Murphy Brown, that was a unique threat. That was one of the more popular television shows in America and a woman knowingly engaged in single motherhood to glorify it. That's a unique threat. All right. Taylor Taylor Swift ain't taken a knee before her concerts. Colin Kaepernick, when he took a knee and started writing cops or pigs on his shoes, that that was a unique threat. Trump was right and the right was right to address that. This is a unique threat. If. It, it, all Taylor Swift to me, I think your point, Aaron, is so is so vital. This is just a more a six. What is that? Why is she different than Madonna in the 80s? Why 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 is she different than 
um, what you know, any other era, a, a pop superstar, even with a football star. Okay, Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez. Uh, you know what, what's what's unique about this? Uh, Madonna and Dennis Rodman. There's nothing unique about this. That's that's why I don't understand it. If she represented something different and unique, and she was clearly being used as a cudgel to open a new front in the culture war that previously was sealed shut. Colin Kaepernick did that. Murphy Brown did that. There's other examples of that. By all means, man, I think we should, you know, whoever, whether we're looking at Candace Owens or Donald Trump or anybody else, you know, we should give that, you say to them what Mel Gibson says to Joaquin Phoenix, you know, um, swing away. But this is not new. That's why I don't understand the need to keep resurrecting this and what we're getting out of it. Jordan, your thoughts. Yeah, I, I agree with all three of you. You all make really good um, individual points. And you're right, there really is no opening. And I think it, it actually is harmful to discredit what, you know, I, I don't follow Taylor Swift closely, but to discredit what she's accomplished, you know, in serving her fans and, you know, creating a really serious long-term connection with millions of people for conservative commentators just to say, oh, you know, she's, she's awful. She's the worst thing that's ever happened in this country. Like, you think anyone who's, like, 18, 17 that listens to that is inspired by that? Like, someone who clearly hasn't even taken the time to understand, at, like, what she's even doing, like, with her concerts and whatnot. It just seems like it's just easy clickbait for some people to want to, to say that she's the worst thing that's ever happened in this world, when, in fact, I, you know, there's plenty of examples of much worse, much more, you know, activists, Steve, as you were talking about, um, athletes and musicians. Um, I get that. And, you know, Todd makes an excellent point that, like, all of us football watchers were suddenly um, infuriated when, <laughs> um, when, when, when Taylor Swift is shown on camera too many times. But, you know, we should also be introspective that, like, we have our stupid hobbies, too, that mm -hmm. people may think of as a time dump that we just like do for entertainment purposes. I think that's a lot of the reason why people go to Taylor Swift concerts, spend $500. Like it's not like they're following some type of ideological movement. Maybe it's just fun for them and for, for people to call her, I think the devil herself is a little bit, uh, a lot of an overstatement. Exit question. Who's a greater, greater threat to the culture? Do you think? The the biggest celebrity in America right now, Taylor Swift, who clearly represents spirit of the age values on some level, um, or the pastor of the largest church in America, Joel Osteen, who is absolutely no threat to the spirit of the age on any level. What's a greater threat to the culture? Todd, what, how would you answer you that? You mean these people specifically, not the yes. kind of person they represent? Correct. Then it's, yeah, Taylor, the it's Taylor Swift. Aaron, what do you think? It's Joel Osteen. Jordan, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's this greater Hollywood uh, movement of, you know, being loyal to the corporate Democratic Party line represented by Taylor Swift today. Okay. Let's get to our kicker topic, issue four. If you could select one celebrity alive in America today, to become an outspoken advocate for our side. Whom would it be and why? Aaron. One celebrity. Man. Uh, 
that's hard to narrow down. I mean, I, I guess since we've been talking about her, it couldn't hurt to have Taylor Swift on our side as an outspoken, outspoken um, believer in our, our values. It does seem like a logical take, Aaron. I mean, we've spent four weeks now obsessing over her on the right. So it would make sense to pick her and say, hey, we'd be better off if she was on our side. If we think she's worth four weeks of content to go after, must mean that she'd be a worthy advocate for our side if she we could get her to you know defect. Todd, what do you think? So you, that's part of what you are asking? You want a defection? How you can, you can do that any way you want. You can just snap your fingers, make it so... You can you can take someone you think is a righty and make them more outspoken if you wanted them to be whoever whomever you want it to be and why. Okay, it's well your, then it's I, your world. Somebody like Denzel Washington, who you know basically has the um, Bill mm-hmm. Cosby aspect to him, um, but he's you know he he picks his spots. minus the rehypnol. Yeah, he'll, but go he'll, ahead. Yeah. he'll answer yeah. the question forthrightly uh, yeah. when asked, but he's not uber aggressive. Okay. Maybe the greatest actor of our time. That yeah. was Todd's pick. Jordan, what do you think? Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Tom Cruise in terms of being the greatest actor of our time, but he's got the weird Scientology thing. But I, I, you know, I don't really have an answer because I think that whatever, whenever you have a defector, they're immediately canceled. So I, I would need to think of this strate- more strategically because, like, whoever I would choose would be would be deemed you know irrelevant and become irrelevant i think within six months to a year because the machine is so much more powerful than one person Hmm. all right let's get to predictions aaron i'll start with you within 18 months tucker carlson has some sort of mental break whoa wow i think he's a rudderless guy with a lot of fame a lot of fortune and i just don't think he knows what what to do Okay. Todd, what's yours? Aaron went from NFL preseason predictions to maybe the most important voice in alternative media on planet Earth is going to have a a nervous breakdown. Got to love that wild pendulum swing of of predictions. Give it and I take it away. Yes, you do. Todd. Uh, The average NFL football owner will be um, more well-versed in the upcoming Taylor Swift album than all the other ones combined because they will actually buy it because of what's happened. Okay. Jordan? Yes, so I was against this for a long time, but I think that Joe Biden is actually going to be the Democratic candidate somehow if he doesn't die. Yeah. Said that a couple weeks ago. Yep. That's a caveat. Yeah, and an important one uh, at the rate of deterioration that we are seeing. Um, I'm going to make this shallow prediction this time. Super Bowl 59, New Orleans next year. Aaron, you and I are going mano y mano. Okay. Chief, Chiefs-Lions. Who do Chiefs-Lions, you think will come out? Who do you think will come out on top? I need to see. Here's the thing. You, we've got to have a demonstrably better roster. So I, I I need to see who we add because you're going to have the best player. Now, I, I think we're going to come at you with a better quarterback than the 49ers did, but I think we have to have a, a 49ers-level roster with a better quarterback to beat you in a Super Bowl with Pat Mahomes in his prime. 
So I got we're, 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 you know, like we got some money under the cap this year. We've got four more top 100 draft picks. I got to see who we add. I don't know yet. Good stuff. Good, good to see you, Jordan. Thanks for making it through the traffic, man. We appreciate it. All right. Take care. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You bet. Always. We'll come back. Hour two will be next. It'll be time for Feedback Friday. Stay tuned. And greetings back with Hour 2 live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. You are you. Todd is Todd. Aaron is Aaron. They are in Iowa. I am in Missouri. And I'm hoping that this uh, freezing rain ice storm we're having passes here soon so I can get on the road and get back home. In the meantime, you can let us know what you think about what we think. I mean, after the show, of course. I'm not going to leave in the middle of it. I mean, after all, I'm not Dana White on the Howie Mandel podcast. Did you you guys see that? Do you think that was staged? I think that was staged. Do you think it was staged? But if it was staged, then why do it right when Howie Mandel is literally uh, slurping you to open his podcast? Why do it then? Clicks. I don't know. I mean, I see my my theory is you just drank too much Bud Light, man. You know what that stuff does to the system. So that's my theory. Dude just had to bounce. Yeah, that's what happens when you drink that Bud Light. But you can let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Email us, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Gitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also, if you're a five, if you are a podcast listener, let me not jump ahead. If you're a podcast listener, leave us a five-star review. Thank you if you have already done so. You can also hit subscribe or follow if you're on iTunes, and that way every time we do a new episode, it shows up in your feed every single time. And thank you to all of you that have done that for us as well. This part of the show brought to you by Miracle Made. It's been two nights now out here on the road in Missouri. And the hotel we're at is nice, but man, I'm, I miss my Miracle Made sheets. They are the NASA-inspired silver-infused fabrics that do a phenomenal job with temp- temperature regulating. I mean, the last two nights I've had to change the, uh, turn the AC up or down in the room. I've had to uh, take the, the sheets off or on. I've not done that at home, guys, since we started with these Miracle Made sheets. They just, they keep my body at a perfect temperature, re- whether it's the dead of winter or the heat of the summer. They're absolutely phenomenal. They're comfortable too. They look great. I can't give a, a product we talk about on the show a better endorsement than. I go out and buy more of it out of my own pocket. That's why I'd recommend you do the same thing. All right. So if you want to try them and you do go to trymiracle.com slash dace. That's trymiracle.com slash dace to try miracle made sheets today. Whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift, if you order today, you save over 40% off. And, and if you use the promo code dace at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. And miracle is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you're not 100% satisfied, you get a full refund. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash dace. Use the promo code dace, trymiracle.com slash dace, promo code dace. I made an executive decision during the top of the hour break, guys. Before we get into Feedback Friday, I want to come back and I want to close the loop just between us on on the Tucker Carlson issue. And... I'm not. I got to make sure I'm being very honest with the audience, and uh, 
you know, my vow to you guys is when it doesn't violate a third party confidence or, you know, a loved one's privacy or anything of that nature, I'm going to be brutally honest with you. All right. And if I can't be brutally honest with you, I'll be honest with you about why I can't be brutally honest with you. I mean, guys, people send me stuff all the time being critical of people we work with at The Blaze. And I'm sure they get stuff being critical of me all the time, too. I mean, that's what happens when you have a company that gives people the freedom to have very strong opinions. Strong opinions are going to elicit strong reactions, and they're not always going to be positive. We're not going to sit here. That, that's just that, you know, we're just not. If you got an issue with another host on The Blaze or somewhere else, take it to them. And if you've got an issue with us, take it. Don't take it to them. Take it to us. OK. Here's the thing that bothers me about Tucker. And it, and it is personal. And I need to be honest about that. Tucker's one of the few people in this business in recent years, in recent vintage, that I have even remotely permitted myself to consider admiring to the point of aspiring to. I mean, before I got into this business, I, I looked at somebody like Glenn Beck and admired and, and, and aspired, you know, for his level of success and the way that he did it, um, you know, being unafraid to take on controversial topics and things of that nature. But we work with him now. I mean, I admire Glenn, but he's also just Glenn, you know. He's the guy that when, Todd, you met him for the first time in Dallas, what did he do? Yeah, we started talking about eschatology for like 45 right. minutes. It blew my right. mind. Who? Yeah. We didn't like go through his like memoirs or anything. Yeah. He just wanted to sit down and talk about when we thought Jesus was coming back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now it's pure. And I mean, I, I have great admiration for Glenn, but it's but now he's he's someone I know personally. And and so there's there's more there than just professional admiration. Um, he's he's somebody I have on a personal level an immense amount of respect for. I've I've met Tucker Carlson a few times, know him a little bit, not that well. But um, I'm just going to tell you, there's no way my buddy Bob Vanderplotz brings him to Iowa twice for two spotlight events at the Leadership Summit last year where he destroyed Mike Pence or the keynote address at the Leadership Summit the year before. That never happens without me um, lobbying on Tucker's behalf. Other, there were plenty of other people on Bob's team that did not want to do that. And they did not want Tucker to host that event last year because they were afraid he'd end up turning it into exactly what it turned into. I mean, I, I stuck my neck out for that. I heavily lobbied for that. And, you know, Bob's his own man, but I was definitely on the, the I was the head of the uh, Let's Do Tucker uh, Booster Club for sure. And the thing I can't stand more than anything and if, you know, today's Anastasia's 23rd birthday, so happy birthday, princess. If she were here today and I asked her, what was the number one rule in our home? She would give one or two answers. She would say either, do not disrespect your mother. Or, don't lie to me. Don't lie to dad. Dad, 
I, I can't handle, and that makes me a bad fit for working in politics, obviously, but I, I grew up in a home of being gaslit repeatedly where my old man would, you know, hit me with a belt buckle the day before and then take me aside with a black eye and coach me on how to lie to my teachers at school about how I got this black eye. I, I, I have, I, I, I can't handle being gaslit. I can't. I can't handle being lied to. It's, it's frankly one of the issues I have with the Trump era is he's just somebody that has no problem at all playing fast and loose with the truth. And even when he's doing it to my advantage, I struggle to uh, allow it and to not comment on it and to not be perturbed by it because I, I just grew up in such an environment of gaslighting that, I mean, I, I, I would rather, and, and Todd and Aaron can tell you this, working closely with me and getting to know me, people who know me well, my wife, they'll tell you this is true, that Steve would rather know bad news if it's true than be lied to about stuff that's not, that's good. Now, a lot of people aren't wired that way. A lot of people are like, pump the sunshine, baby. I, I want to know what's true. I, I, I don't like being gaslit, being lied to. I don't at all. I have zero tolerance for it, and I watched what happened at the leadership summit, and at the time, it didn't matter to me because it was early in the primary, but I watched what happened at the leadership summit, and I thought, I was a little, in the moment, I, I said this to you guys privately, I didn't talk about it on the show, because at the time, it was July. We had no idea what was going to happen. It was early. So at the time, it was much more impactful for me and for the cause of truth, to celebrate what Tucker did to schmucks like Mike Pence and Asa Hutchinson. But privately, guys, did we not have conversations after the moment like, did you guys notice that when Ron DeSantis got out there, he asked him about some stupid red tide thing in Florida, and they didn't have a single substantive conversation, and he completely let Nikki Haley off the hook? You guys remember this? We had these conversations yeah. privately at the time. We, we didn't talk about it publicly, though, because at, in that moment, it mattered more to us and our overall mission that... Tucker did with that platform why I lobbied Bob for him to have it. I, I, that he asked the, qu the questions and, qu and challenged these schmucks from the right in ways that they get away with never being exposed to. And that mattered more. But now let's fast forward now what we saw a few months after that. He claims he, um, uh, he's been a Trump supporter uh, ever since they did the raid on his home. I can just tell you flat out that's not true. I know that's not true. I know that for a fact. Just remember the text that he sent after January 6th and the things he said about Trump, and now he's, he's just MAGA as it gets and brings Trump on and doesn't ask any questions at all about the vaccine. And then when Candace Owens is on so he can stoke the whatever's going on between Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro, and I don't care. I don't care. I'm Tommy Lee Jones and the fugitive. I don't care. All right? I don't. I really don't care. But but now we we uh, now the vaccine is one of the issues of the age or something is what he said to Candace during when he was trying to uh, and he cynically what great I don't think it's a coincidence you're trying to stoke a feud with a platform you're probably about to compete with with your own network so the vaccine was so important we couldn't possibly ask the guy who was proud to engineer it a question about it but now it's suddenly the issue of the age because it gave him, gave him a chance to take a dig at Ben Shapiro for whatever reason 
And and we can't talk about our most strategic enemy or our most strategic ally getting hit by a mutual enemy uh, because there's fentanyl pouring over our borders. But we can go on a magical mystery tour to Hungary and 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 the, the World Economic Forum and all these other places and speak to them. I, I just feel like I'm being gaslit. And and when and if if I start to feel like you're not honest with me, the door gets shut really fast for me. That we can be unaligned on lots of things. That's the other thing that people don't understand, too. I'm actually way more flexible than you think. Um, I mean, listen, guys, I think everybody that doesn't accept the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross is going to hell. One of the best friends I have in this world is a non-Messianic Jew, Daniel Horowitz. I'm actually very flexible on one condition. Don't lie to me. I don't like it. Don't gaslight me. I don't like it. I'm Johnny Dangerously where that is concerned. Someone gaslit me once. Once. Don't do that. Everybody has their red lines. Everybody has their lines of demarcation. For me, it's when I think you're starting to BS me. Don't do that. Don't. And my BS meter where Tucker's concerned, and maybe it's wrong. Maybe Todd is correct. The dude's just, what, what did you say, Todd? Walk in the earth? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Maybe that's what he's doing, man. Maybe he's just like, I'm freed up. And now I can say whatever I want. If that's the case, well, then we have another problem because intellectually he's not capable of being the face of our of, of our movement. That's true. I mean, that, that, I mean, if you're right, Todd, that intellectually he's disqualifying himself. He he's not capable of a cogent thought. He's just like all over the place. I'm much more aligned with you on that front. Yes. OK, so, but it's one or the other. And, and by the way, I prefer it was the other because then it's not personal to me. I've had you, some of you have emailed me. I don't give a rip how much money Tucker makes. I don't care about any of that. None of that bothers me. I don't give a rip. I don't care. A year ago at this time, I looked at this guy heroically. And now I feel like he's peeing on me and telling me it's raining. I suppose we can go with, you just happen to be sitting there next to one of the most prominent leaders of the Arab world right at a time that Israel is trying to defend itself from an attack it did not provoke, from people it gave up its own land to give them their own independent state right on their doorstep to. And, 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 and it just so happens that after Tucker has provided no support for them publicly at all, but quite the opposite, actually. Then he sits down with an Arab, a very well-known Arab leader, to the Davos crowd of all people, and draws some moral equivalency that our job is that anytime anybody begins fighting, our job is to stop them from fighting, regardless of what who it is or the outcome. I, I, if we go with Todd's answer, which is possible, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't know Tucker well enough to know. But if we go with Todd's answer, that individual intellectually just cannot be the face of our, uh, cannot be the face of our movement. He just intellectually isn't doesn't have a cogent enough worldview. It's not developed enough. It's not systemic enough. 
That's a house of cards, man. An absolute house of cards. If you lack the self-awareness and discernment to understand that if you start talking in those terms next to an Arab leader, that's going to be couched as the Hamas, the, the, the people of Hamas are the victims and Israel is the bad guy, then you just can't, you can't be in that judgment seat. You just can't. You're not qualified for it. Or there's an angle that has yet to be revealed and we're getting urinated on and told it's raining. Because that's what my instincts are telling me is happening. But I'd actually prefer Todd's uh, explanation because then it wouldn't be personal to me. But yeah, you bet your ass. When you feel like people you looked up to and you even helped to promote and give platforms to, the first time Tucker was given a platform in this country of any significance after what Fox did to him, which was wrong, was when we put him in the leadership summit. And I played a vital role in that happening. I didn't play the exclusive role. It didn't happen because of me. But the odds that it would have happened without me are not high, frankly. So, yeah. Similar to the whole true the vote thing from the other day, we put them on. We gave them a platform. Now they're admitting in court, well, we don't have any evidence. Todd, you reached out to them, right? Have we gotten anywhere with them? I have not. Well, I had... At last time I checked, which was before the show, I had not heard back from them. I would have to And they're, 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 they're putting out statements I see on Twitter and stuff, right? Yes. So there was, now, their statements aren't offering any evidence. They're just saying that this is a, the media is lying about their – this is kind of what Rudy Giuliani said, right? I didn't, I didn't admit to anything in court, even though he allowed a plea to go forward that admitted in court that he lied. But, you know, so they, if they offered any counter evidence – to what the George to what, to what was reported, other than uh, you know the media is attacking us. Have they offered any counter evidence as of yet? I've not seen it. Have you any of no, you guys? Have not. Okay, so we'll see if they respond. I, I hope that they do. We'll see, because I've got questions. I don't like being gaslit. I don't, and I kind of feel I am. But again, I could be wrong, and Todd could be right that this is just a guy that's just walking the earth. And if that's the case, cool, then he was he, he everybody has a role. His role clearly is asking the inquisitive questions. It is not pontificating and laying out a, a, a worldview path of sanity. That's clearly not his role. All right, gentlemen, that's my last word. I'll give you your last words if you want to respond to what I just said. I'll just say regarding feeling betrayed, I mean, th that I I do understand. That, that's why my level of pushback uh, against David French has been the way it has been. I mean, it was just, yeah, how dare you? How dare you when you were given the spotlight and the respect you were slandering the brethren like that, uttering heresies while claiming to be a Christian about, I mean, I, so, I mean, I... Absolutely get that. As for, though, when we talk about Tucker and not... Listen, I... When it comes to feeling betrayed by him and you talking about he can't be the face of the movement, even to the degree that's the part I agree with you the most, even that doesn't bother me so much. You know who else can't be the face of the movement? The movement. As it currency... <laughs> honestly, fair. as it currency fair, stands. Fair. That's, that's what he's reject. He just realizes, I think... He doesn't have answers. He's kind of all over the place. But let's face it. There's no there there, which is what I say in my own way. And you guys, 
when it, when I say Iowa evangelicals voted for the chaos of Donald Trump by a two to one margin, and you were, what about the Catholics, guys? I'm making the point about, like, we are adrift. We stand for nothing. In the general election, Catholics always go 50-50. Steve's highlighted before. They decide that it shouldn't be like that. If, if, ha- if we are a real movement, Catholics aren't either. But when it comes to Iowa, that was a huge bleeping deal. We learned something about us. And we clearly stand for less than we've stand at the past, in the past. So I, I just can't be too bothered by a guy who just says like I'm. This is me tapping out for a while. Now I'm tapping out in a unit. I'm not going into my bat cave and doing nothing. I'm tapping out by just doing something totally different. Steve's absolutely right. That means it's abundantly clear. You you you're not the leader of our movement. But no nobody else is either. We have no movement. Our movement sucks. Our movement is basically like Moms for Liberty. So, which is impressive as hell, but we've already diagnosed that. Why are they having to stand in the breach over and over again? We just, he's, he, he's looked around and he's read the room, I think, and he's tapped out and said, we all suck. I'm just going to go do my thing for a while. That, that doesn't. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. And you know what? In light of that, I should offer more grace and let this play out a little bit more. That's fair. I don't know. We've had about eight months of this playing out, but I suppose we can let it play out even further. I just don't know. This is the old I'm I'm falling for the old Joker axiom. You know, people are fine when they think there's a plan. Yeah. But if you tell them there's not a plan, everybody loses their minds. I don't see the plan. What what is your mission in life, Tucker Carlson? You said at the Family Leadership Summit over this past summer that you've started reading your Bible. I don't see a coherent plan. And he said in in the broader context, I I watched that entire talk that he gave at the World Government Summit. He said there's only three individuals or three people that he cares about their opinions. And he said it in this order, God, his wife, and his kids. That's a good thing. So what then are you doing with the massive platform God has given you? the massive voice that God has given you. That's, that's my, that's my concern here. Um, if I, if I can do my best, cause I, I, I'm kind of suffering from some of the same or dealing with, I should say from some of the same, uh, uh, resentment about being kind of stabbed in the back. I mean, the, the comments he made about DeSantis supporters being some of the most vile yep. people he've ever, he's ever come across. Yep. That's Total just be, scam. Beyond, the, yep. the, beyond the pale. So trying my best imperfectly, I'm never going to be able to be perfect. Trying my best to put that aside, to put the personal aspect of that aside. I don't know what you're doing, uh, Tucker. I just don't. And that's what concerns me the most. Because it looks like from the outside looking in. He doesn't know what he's doing either. But take all the analysis you just said, every word of it, and replace Tucker Carlson with the church? Yeah. It's the same problem. And who has less excuse? So I guess on that, yeah, that's a great point, Todd. And so I guess on that token, maybe we are being a little bit too hard on Tucker Carlson. Maybe. That's this is why I wanted to flesh this conversation out more and be more transparent on my end, because basically, you know, and I appreciate the accountability, Todd, what, what you're basically telling me is, and I agree with you, 
um, now that I think more about it, is some of my angst where Tucker's concerned is my own fault. I have mis- I, I, I made the mistake of elevating him, and um, I shouldn't have done that. That's just the reality. And so okay. you're right. And by the way, I'm not, I'm not interested in being, I don't want to be the face of a movement. I've never tried to be. Um, I'm already in a movement. And, I've, and we've got the best face in the history of the universe. Jesus, I don't need to, I'm good. That's my movement. I'm a biblical worldview guy. I'm in that movement. And if you align with that, then we're buddies. If you don't, we, we're, we, you know, we can still be buddies, but we're not aligned, you know? So that's I, my I mean, movement. How many times, how many times, probably the last couple of years that he was on Fox News, did we remark either, I can't remember if we said this on the air or off the air, we would do our show, we'd go home and watch Tucker Carlson or see clips from Tucker Carlson, and it's like he did the exact same show that we yeah. did that day. That's part of the reason why I, in, in, just in my mind, had ingratiated him very deeply because it seemed like he was doing what we're trying to do on a much, much bigger scale. And so that's, that's where that comes from for me anyway. I even had, uh, there were times I had people, big names in this business, I won't out them, the big names in this business who would send me notes with what was on Tucker's show and say, hey, weren't you guys just talking about this a couple days ago yeah. or even the same day? And, and, and even privately, what was always my response to that, guys? I good. hope that my good. He's got a way bigger platform than I'll probably ever have. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping these things are getting a bigger hearing and a big and, and wider airing than what I am capable of. I've got no, I, you know. Again, if you if you if you put the Wonder Woman lasso of truth around Todd and Aaron, they could find several faults of mine uh, that they could list for you. Being professionally uh, jealous of people and sitting around and counting up, you know, what this person gets compared. I, I, that's just not. I, I'm not. I'm just not driven by that, guys. I'm just not. Okay. I what. I, when I am driven, doesn't mean I'm not an. I don't have an ego. That's certainly a lie. Um, I'm not egoless by any stretch. Okay, but my ego really is about winning the argument. Period. And I really wouldn't care if Tucker decided to get um, a tat of Trump's mom on his back. It's it's that. It doesn't feel like. You know, when he left Fox, I think we were hoping that that meant we're going to he, he's really going to be unsheathed now. And now it, it, I kind of feel like the Tucker on Fox was better from an um, uh, from an issue standpoint than the Tucker we're seeing now. Almost as if they needed each other. Fox is as bad as it's ever been. And. But at least they provided Tucker a platform within the mainstream to question it, the mainstream. But now, un- un- untethered to Fox, Tucker is either somewhere between running some kind of game, we don't know what the outcome of it is yet, or, to use Todd's hypothesis, just meandering. He's rudderless. You know, Maybe they needed each other. Maybe we're learning that. Maybe they needed each other. Maybe they were a good balance. Maybe they complemented each other. Thoughts? Well, I think that's an interesting premise because you all, you know, there, there, you, as you know, Steve, you know that there's just a rhythm to doing 
shows like he does shows like i do you know we we this we, this is why you actually have a why we do pop culture tuesday uh you know why we have segments that we do all the time obviously you're gifted enough every show could be like let's make up monday th- this date but you know it it helps to have um a skeleton to build things around you're saying that you know without that now he's just you know he's just totally freeforming it every single day and he's a man apparently without the holy spirit i we, are we expect why should we expect much more than we're getting right now hmm. aaron you want to get the final word on this before we hit the break i think todd's perspective at the end there i think i think that needs to be reinforced because we don't know for sure we don't know for sure that tucker necessarily uh, has the the holy spirit within him because it certainly seems like right now um the discernment or the lack thereof that he is that he has displayed over the past half year or so would not be necessarily and i'm just trying to look for fruit i'm not trying to pass condemnation on to Tucker Carlson, just strictly looking uh, for the fruit. I, I don't see the discernment that would come from being indwelt with the, the Holy Spirit. And so from that standpoint, not to say we need to treat him with kitty gloves, but the expectation of much more than what we've gotten, which is incoherence, which is always going to be a hallmark of a worldview devoid of the Holy Spirit. To expect more from him than that, I think is kind of a fool's errand. If his name was anybody else that we knew was not a a believer, we would have the same reaction that Todd just pointed out. Hmm. I think that's, uh, that's well said. So I think, thank you guys for indulging me on this. And I, I got to check myself. I think maybe I just had two of high expectations and I'm emotional about it. And I got to dial those back. Might just be that simple. We'll come back. We'll get to your feedback when we do. Stay tuned. Well, folks, let me talk about one of my favorite partners here on the show, and they are responsible for my undergarments. And you want to talk about trusting a company with something. That takes a high level of trust. That's our friends over at Tommy John. And as I was mentioning before, the the best compliment that I can give to one of our partners here on the show is that after they let me try something on uh, their dime to see if I'll like it and I'm willing to help them promote it, I end up loving it so much that um, I purchase it on my own. And I have done that numerous times. Tommy John is the only underwear I have bought since they came on this show. What's it been now? Maybe four or five years uh, that I bought multiple pairs. I'm not just wearing the same ones all the time, just to clarify that uh, they're absolutely fantastic, breathable, lightweight. Uh, they'll make you feel more comfortable. You can't beat it. They've got loungewear too. They've got stuff for the ladies as well. All right. We absolutely love Tommy John. It's the, it's why they've got thousands of five-star reviews, why they have fanatics, not just customers. All right. You want to make the switch to Tommy John today. Uh, Take advantage of their President's Day sale now through February 20th and get $25 off site wide. $25 off site wide at TommyJohn.com slash Steve. 
That's $25 off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Steve. That's TommyJohn.com slash Steve. All right, let's get to... Let's get to some Feedback Friday. And we'll start with this one from Matt Pohl, who says, After being called out by Todd on the show last week, I took my four high school-age daughters and one of their friends to the state capitol in Iowa on Monday for the gender bill hearing. In addition to having their private spaces invaded, the the tranny movement impacts them because they're track and cross-country runners. While talented and fast, they cannot keep up with the boys they train with at the school. They have long feared about having to run against a boy masquerading as a girl. I was hesitant to attend the hearing because I believed the lie that I can't do anything about this anyway, so why go? I wasn't signed up to speak, but went anyway because I was prompted by the Holy Spirit to show up and see what happens. Here's a couple of big takeaways I want to share with your audience. Number one, keep encouraging us to get involved with these issues. I was not aware of this hearing until it was mentioned on your show. I like to think I'm more informed than the average American, but it wasn't even on my radar. Number two, anyone can do what I just did. We just have to show up. You cannot be an encouragement to everyone else on our side of the issue by sitting on your couch. It has led to some unexpected networking opportunities for my daughters. Number three, I had no idea just how committed the opposition was until we experienced it firsthand. The amount of evil and oppression present was palpable. Even the best documented videos from Aaron cannot convey what it felt like. Nicely done, by the way. However, this experience has emboldened me and my kids to get more involved and stay committed to what is right. I'm just a regular dad trying to raise my kids and help them on the narrow path. So if I can do it, anybody can. That is from Matt. Gentlemen, your response. I think I may have met him if he had the girls in tow. They were all wearing the Riley Gaines T-shirt that I also uh, have about uh, Sammy Girl Sports. Um, but he's right. Uh, and, you know, it's it, it reminded me seeing Steve down there at uh, the Capitol and his speech, like uh, – when he said he heard about it on our show uh, because I said it, but like, listen, pound for pound, Steve wrote the book on this locally when he was on WHO. Like, no, he talks about his mentor, Jan Michelson, and Jan was amazing. But in terms of that turning into grassroots action on the ground, Steve Dace and the agenda he set for the Iowa State Capitol before he went national is un- is unmatched by anybody who's ever worked at WHO, and that includes Ronald Reagan. So that that's why he would go down there, even though he's not a guy who goes across country like he is now on a speaker circuit at Payson, why he knows the value of going down and just spending two minutes of your time there's no replacement for getting involved and it doesn't no matter how no matter whether tucker's on his a game and 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 taking scalps no matter where he is or how good the steve day show is none of our words ultimately matter if you aren't standing on the wall yep amen i i met uh i ran into a handful several uh listeners to the show and that was that was really cool to see at the Capitol. So two things. There is one uh, man. I can't remember your name. I'm so sorry that I, I ran into. And he just told me, hey, 
um, among other things, he <laughs> switched up the church that he goes to because they uh, try to do some uh, sprinkle therapy. Uh, so he's going to a different church now. That's awesome. And he told me as well, I, I come down here pretty regularly. And he gave me a laundry list almost to the point of annoyance. Uh, and if you're listening, you know who you are. Almost to the point of annoyance, things that he's talking to his legislators about. He took this show to heart and now he's putting it into action. Secondly, what this emailer said, I was struck by, I, I can't remember what the, the exact words were, how easy it was. Yes, it was very easy. It's, mm. it's really easy. I, I told Bella in the morning, hey, I'm going to go to the Capitol tonight. It's kind of on the way home for me. It's really accessible. They don't make you jump through a lot of hoops, at least not at the Iowa State Capitol. And I'm sure your state, state houses are somewhat the same. These are the people's houses. They make it really accessible. There's plenty of parking. You walk across the street and go through security. And at the Iowa State Capitol, I just told the guy in security, hey, I'm carrying. He's like, oh, okay, cool. It's really easy. And then you have access to a number of people just to talk to. It's is that, really easy. Aaron, is that also true for Iowa pastors? Is, that, is it that easy I for ran them in, as well? I ran into another individual, another fan of the show, and he told his pastor, hey, this is happening. This hearing is happening down at the state house." Uh, why don't you come down? And the pastor said, well, sorry, we've got an elders meeting. And so the guy, our, our, our listener said, bring your elders, bring your elders <laughs> down to the statement. Have, ha, heck, have your, have your meeting at the state house. Why not? Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like a coffee shop down in the basement, isn't there? Why not have, there is. Yeah. why not just meet at the state Capitol? So it's easy guys. It really is to make some effort. Speaking of being part of the grassroots and making things accessible, that's where our friends at Patriot Mobile come in. They have been on the vanguard of the parallel economy. And yes, we need it uh, more desperately developed than it currently is. But thankfully, one place where it fully is, is when it comes to a device we all have to use in this day and age, our mobile phones. Make the switch today, therefore, to our friends at Patriot Mobile. If you're a veteran or first responder, let them know. When you go to make the switch, they've got extra ways to say thank you for your service for the rest of us. When you make the switch, use the offer code Steve, and you'll get a free activation at patriotmobile.com slash Steve. This is the mobile phone service our family uses. I couldn't rave about it even more than I already do. Their customer service team is outstanding. You want to switch to any of the major networks out there, you can do that within the Patriot Mobile network anytime you want for free. If you're a member at Patriot Mobile, go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. That's patriotmobile.com slash Steve. All right. This note, you're going to like. I'm a listener, one that has been encouraged and uplifted by the general thrust of your show. Allow me to offer some encouragement in return. I attend a really small church, but we take dominion. We're mostly men, veterans. Many of us have been forward deployed and have seen combat. In fact, our Messianic Jew pastor came to know Christ while being cared for by the Wounded Warrior Project. About 40 of us meet on Fridays. We eat dinner, talk to one another, worship, and are taught by pastor who goes by verse who goes verse by verse. We think and behave like a subversive underground church. We are infiltrators commissioned by the Holy Spirit. On Saturdays, we serve. We open doors on Coast Highway near Pendleton and feed sandwiches and milkshakes to Marines and sailors. We feed them, shoot pool with them, and talk about Jesus. That, and we engage in boy banter and humor. We are, after all, veterans. We care for them, disciple them, 
witnessed and witnessed decisions and perform bat- we witnessed decisions and perform baptisms. We help with their families and once in a while tell them a sea story that is actually true. When the demonic brainwashing that they've been subjected to surfaces and it always does, we point it out, we mock it, we correct it in a manner that only a vet that has worn their boots can. When they leave for their next duty station, they go into the pagan world like the converted Roman soldiers of old. And Nefarious James, after listening to the demon carry on, quips, I did know this was a fight. Nefarious says, that's why you're losing. We're at war. We've always been at war. We enlisted when we made Jesus our Lord. Some have woken up. Many are still sleeping. Those small groups need to become work groups. While you are waiting on the Lord, pick a clear instruction from the Bible and run with it. Go into the world after your potluck. The school you teach at, create a Bible club. Wear t-shirts with the cross, find one another and become family. Don't hold your ground as isolated islands. Join together and attack. Whoops, that scrolled up on me. The truck stop you are near, infiltrate. Those Christian brothers that you offer a nod to at work, get together, eat and pray. Seek to serve the employees there having a tougher time. Subvert. We are occupied by the Holy Spirit. We are his temple. We are to take that temple into enemy territory. It's what we signed up for. Get in the damn fight or take off the uniform. The Lord ain't fond of cowardice and laziness. Because I wanted them to remain subversive, I have withheld this veteran's name. I made that decision. He didn't ask that, but I chose to. Reactions. Other than hallelujah. Yeah, Semper Fi or whatever branch. Uh yeah, these guys get it right there at the end and talking about being, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit. As it just so happens, uh this morning in fact, in terms of my uh Lenten Bible reading and I'm going through Acts and I just read the passage that Steve alluded to. I don't remember the context about a month ago. Couldn't remember the names came back out, but this is what uh Ananias and uh Sephora, Sapphira. Sapphira are are it's ultimately all about there with uh, they with withheld uh money from uh selling property but you think of it in terms of the withholding anything pulling your punches on this thing called faith there's one way to do being filled with the holy spirit and it's all in that doesn't look the same way for each person for each circumstance but nonetheless, all in, not maybe, kind of, sort of, it's, it's do or do not, do not try. And what happened to them, dying on the spot, is a message to us that whether it does come right then or it comes many years later, a lifetime of doing that will end up in a death that is unrecoverable. Being filled with the Holy Spirit makes demands on us. And, hey, newsflash. The victory is ultimately guaranteed. So uh, these guys get it. Put, put put your foot on the gas on the things that matter and start to realize that the amount of time and energy you spend on the things that don't is literally killing us, and it will kill you as well. If we had 5,000 5, guys like that, doing things like that, the first segment of this hour would have been completely irrelevant. I, I would wager. It doesn't matter what the hell uh, a Tucker Carlson is saying or doing or any number of uh, conservative media celebrities are doing because it would be irrelevant. Irrelevant. When the men take action and build. This is such an important point. When Eric. the men take action and build. 
all of the all of that other stuff that we take seriously on a day to day basis, it becomes completely irrelevant. It is relegated to what it what it tries to be on a day to day basis, which is mere entertainment. Right now, what we have is entertainment entertainment masquerading as a movement. What this is is movement is a movement actually moving. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. all that other stuff, it just becomes. Yeah. It becomes like dust. It doesn't matter. It might still be there, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, real leadership is never, almost never going to be like this thriving, huge majority. I've said this as Carlisle. Like, I, no matter how good uh, my arguments were, there I was always one of two people and the only guy making them. And then you have the school board of five and the staff and the impression for anybody paying attention is that you are the minority head. This is what uh, Aaron's point about the if, if but if t- 20 fathers showed up again and they are basically the mostly only the ones who felt that strongly of it and everybody else more or less thought the same, but it's 20 that are dominating that conversation and are clearly more people then regularly show up to a meeting, the whole thing changes. The whole thing changes. So Steve's made this point about it's always a remnant. It does, I don't know what the critical mass is on any issue. None of us really do. But it, you don't have to get 50%. It's not an election. Mm-hmm. The left has proven that. Yes, it's not. Yeah. Exactly. That's my point. It's not just an election every day. The election comes around once a year, once every four years, whatever like that. But every day, it's what Steve says all the time. It's about will. Are you showing it at all? Because it doesn't take, look around, you don't have to get that 50. I don't, maybe that's the psychology of it. Even if you know it's not the majority, you get 20 badasses showing up, things change in a hurry. I mean, what you just enumerated, Todd, is the old JFK line. History is won by those who show up. Yes. And one of the reasons um, the late, great Bill Bright, the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ, I I watched a presentation with him before he died. And and he said that he found after doing evangelistic ministry all over the world for 50 years or something, that maybe 2% of evangelical Christians will ever share their faith with somebody. Maybe 2% which is kind of a big deal because that's in violation of the great commission from our Lord. And, and he surmised that the number one reason most evangelicals won't share their faith with somebody is they, they fear they don't know enough about their own faith or what other people believe. And they're afraid of getting embarrassed. And I, I also think that applies to civic action as well. You know, we don't know how to do it, or we're not sure we, we instinctively know what's true, but we're not sure we could defend it. If getting pushback, that's a great way to go and discuss our friends over at Hillsdale and what they're doing. If you got some free time this weekend, man, you know, they've got a ton of free courses at Hillsdale College right now. Um, and, and you can take advantage of these um, uh, all the time. We've mentioned them before, something like 30 or 40 of these available uh, to watch for free. Uh, Hillsdale has been leading the way in promoting civic education. This year, Hillsdale is producing 60-second radio spots called Constitution Minutes. These are short, clear lessons on the principles of liberty. We're going to be featuring them here on the show. If you want to hear their Constitution Minutes or share them with a young person you know, visit daceforhillsdale.com. That's daceforhillsdale.com. Daceforhillsdale.com. And you can listen to their Constitution Minute, uh, get a free pocket Constitution. Daceforhillsdale.com is where you want to go. Daceforhillsdale.com. 
All right, gentlemen, final thoughts here before we sign off for the week. You, what you just said about sharing the gospel, you, I've mentioned it a bit. It's been a long time ago. The story Penn Gillette told about a fan coming up, uh, giving him a Bible and said, you know, I, I'm a big fan. I don't want to be pushy, but I, I appreciate what you do enough that I, I want you to have this. And he was reflecting on that. And people come up to me and say, gosh, aren't you like mad that he gave it to you? And he said, why would he be mad at anybody who thinks they have the truth and would like to share it with me? He doesn't agree with it, but we right. could all learn from that. Amen. That's a great place to end it. Uh, Great job, everyone. Uh, Hope to see you guys again on Monday if I make it through this winter storm in Missouri. Until then, Romans 828.